0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Love and Light podcast. This is Ariel Eden, known as After Eden Yogi on Instagram. I am here interviewing Pablo Ortiz, and we are going to be touching on spirituality in the Latin community.
1: I at the moment have a podcast with my best friend. We've been doing it for six months now, and we touch on just topics that are popular in uh, the UK, London youth scene. But also, we talk about our personal experiences. And yes. uh, I'm quite spiritual as a person. Whereas he he understands where I'm coming from, but he's not as spiritual, so we have that nice dynamic. So whenever like I don't know, we're talking about money, I always talk about the spiritual aspect of money, and he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but money is money, and then we get into it a little bit, you know. Yeah,
0: that's that's like conversations with me and my sister. What's that podcast called? Because I'm sure that people watching would love, and people listening would also love.
1: It's called the (laughs) Up and Smoke Podcast so uh, the, re- oh, yeah, yes. the reason why we called it that is because we would smoke shisha and have our deep conversations there
0: and uh, then i was
1: like oh it would be cool if we called it up in smoke and we did shisha whilst we did the podcast you know so
0: i, so I love when things like that happen you know did yeah. this did the idea for it during um lockdown
1: or was it like before lockdown so we wouldn't have actually done the podcast if it wasn't for lockdown
0: it's <laughs> yeah. yeah. that crazy that i've noticed that a lot of people have like you know like transcended their understanding and even if like they haven't reached like a complete point they're so ready for like yeah. the, the knowledge and the information you know exactly. it's really beautiful like seeing how people have come out of the lot like the lockdown and quarantine and everything and how we've all like a spiritual community we've all like come together and it's yeah. just so cool right you know I actually
1: doing- i actually have a statistic that i haven't fact checked just yet but i hope it's true right so I yeah. saw that more people have actually started smoking weed because of lockdown. Like really? Like 50% increase of people smoking Oh, weed. wow. Yeah.
0: They should. You know, the, the history behind weed is it's like one of the, like, it opens your, your mind. Like, it's a thought-provoking... Uh, 100%. When you go inward and you're, like, focusing on, like, you know, facing yourself and all the... The things that we're distracting ourselves from all the time with day-to-day life, going to work and all these things, a lot of the time when you are high, you can actually analyze them and look at them and really be able to decipher what's really going on with
1: you. And, and it's a scary prospect, right? You reach. Sorry? Well, a lot of people it's a scary prospect because it's the first time they've gone inside rather than see themselves outside of themselves,
0: you know? yeah. Yeah it is scary it is when was the first time let me turn this heater off when was the first time that you um had like a moment like that with yourself like when you had to kind of look within yourself and how did it make you feel when that happened
1: uh i'd say because i've been meditating for about i'd say 10 years plus now and that's the first time when i really thought okay there's this voice inside my head and i identify with this voice but who is this person you know like of course, yeah. you've got the conditioning of um, a 25-year-old, you know, um, Latin. That's part of my identity as well, a huge part. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, at home, you speak Spanish. When you're in school, you speak English you're with your English friends. Um, but yeah. meditation was the first time that I really looked inside and I started to question a lot of things like, what is the purpose of all of this? You know, you get them existential questions that are too big for yeah, so you definitely. to comprehend. Uh, yeah that's the first time um (laughs) I actually have a funny story so the first time I actually smoked I was I was reading up on lucid dreaming as well Mm. and I was convinced that it was a dream that nothing I was was, like freaking my friends out they're like no bro like you just had a talk like it's fine like chill I was like no no I can fly guys I can genuinely (laughs) fly like yeah it was an amazing experience
0: yeah i was actually talking to my sister uh, the other day i think we were on our way to london i don't really remember what we were doing but um we were on a train and i was saying how we have we can be whoever we want to be we can do whatever we want to do we can manifest any reality we just we see things very differently because of this um the way that things are explained with like movies and things like that you think that if you're able to fly, your physical body will fly. But a lot of the time, you can literally just close your eyes and then just imagine that you're a sparrow and you're actually flying. And that is real. It's just as real as these things that we watch and whatever, we just don't put um, power to it because it's not like the physical. Mm-hmm. And I feel a lot of people get confused with that because of the way that things are, are explained to us, mm. that kind of, distracts people and we miss out a lot on these blessings and these amazing things that we manifest and Mm. put into our life, you know, because we think that it's going to be much greater.
1: You have to think about where the education comes from as well, because we're like in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. Because I I always say that the capitalist society has a rational rationale of how they teach people and Mm -hmm. free rationality is a physical form and then you ignore, like science wouldn't if they ignored atoms for example we wouldn't know the depths of the universe secrets and stuff like that
0: so it's like
1: once you start looking towards the east philosophical ways of thinking and their beliefs and buddhism and all that type of stuff yeah then you become more balanced because i feel like anything in in its extremity is not good at all like you Mm need to have balance in every facet of life Mm.
0: definitely what is your perspective on toxic positivity
1: Oh, that's. You know, I'm actually quite passionate about that because, me personally, growing up, and still up to this point to a certain extent, I'm quite pessimistic. Um, and I think it's just because of, um, it could be like a neurotic trait that, like, stress and anxiety and all that things become so overwhelming that it becomes threaded in your pattern of thinking. Yeah. Um, and the toxic positivity for me kind of strikes me like a nerve because I'm like, I try so hard to be positive and now you're saying it's toxic. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> where, I know you know, it's like, where's yeah, the balance? I but I do understand because I read like, if you're so positive to the point where you don't care where you are, mm. it doesn't mean that you are in the right place. Mm. You're just positive about being there, you know, which to an extent is good, but you also have to have a destination that you want to go down, you know. Uh, exactly. Basically
0: yeah exactly that's like for instance um like himalayan salt lamps the reason why they're so powerful is because they emit negative ions into the positive atmosphere you know Mm so it is really important what you had said i've grown up very pessimistic also all right Mm -hmm. because of my upbringing and the things Mm -hmm. i experienced as a young child into an adult Mm -hmm. and you know It's taken me a long time to be able to spin the positive onto things and and be able to tell people, like, no, the glass is half full, whatever. But I feel like now I've come to this point where I can be positive for you, but I can also lay everything out, you know, like, lay everything out and let you know that you are in control. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you you continue to live your life in this way, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be happy. And that's... You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's just like what you're saying with, like, duality. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I was reading this thing that was basically saying that um, what's kept people apart from each other for all these years and what making us not unify in all these things is um, all the different things that were created in the, like, social world. So mm. our culture, our skin color, our religion, it separated us from realizing that we're all actually one people. Right, right yeah so in that one that's something that I struggle with too because I feel like like just like you feel with how you identify with being Latin hmm. I identify with well I guess every race because I am every race like we've done our ancestry results and we are right. mixed with everything yeah, yeah, um, yeah and I actually grew up in an area where everyone spoke Spanish so my area friends, was that? like, that's why I was really excited for this conversation um, well not everybody but in California Kali. it was like we're right by the border we're right there so i grew up with so many people like that like mexican people chinese people japanese people Russian. Mm. like mm. every race was around me when i was growing up so yeah. i never really identified with one
1: you know you knew, you knew like every type of person and therefore you put that all inside yourself and exactly you This maneuver. yeah i get
0: that yeah and i feel like because i've done that it's kind of led me to this um, understanding within myself mm. uh, where I've kind of reached oneness within myself. But now it's time for it to come
1: out. So is that, is that why you started the podcast, your podcast? The
0: podcast like different women on. In total, we have seven girls. Okay. And it's all, But we speak about human empowerment, not women empowerment, not men empowerment. It's about mm. all of us, mm. you know. Like, and it actually started from my birthday. We had a group chat. And we just became a women empowerment group. And then right. after printing I was like, we need to make a podcast because we uplift each other so much. We're making waves in each other's lives. Imagine mm-hmm. what we do for other people, you
1: That's know? Awesome. And have, yeah. you seen, have you seen that impact, like people messaging you? Obviously, I reached out to you because you liked, uh, I think you started following me. And then I looked in your bio and I checked out the podcast. Have you like felt the positive impact uh, from your podcast that people reached out and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, what's interesting is that I've actually noticed that more people of like this spiritual um, world and people who are into the ascension that we're, re- that we're going into, mm. more and more of these people are coming into my life. So even if it's beginning, like it's like, like actually like coming to my home and like, mm. like being my friends and it's, it's just so crazy how everything's changed so much in such a small amount of time. Um, before lockdown i had a few people i knew that were like spiritual and like open-minded and now it's like every single person that i'm around it's Mm like i'm having these really intellectual conversations and it's like every time i can feel like my heart opening more and more and more Mm -hmm. to you know the unconditional love like the universal love you know yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's that's very important i think it's important to be surrounded by that type of energy because I feel like me personally, because coming from a Latin background, a lot of people are Christian. And a lot of people, when you talk about spirituality, it's unfortunately connotations of witchcraft, like brujeria and, you know, the pentagram and all those things, unfortunately. Um, So when I have those conversations with Latin people, they're like, no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to like talk about spirits. I don't want to talk about ghosts. I don't want to talk about that stuff. But I'm like, no, we're not talking about ghosts. We're talking about energy. When you walk into a room, and there's a person that you gravitate towards. Why is that? Is it because, you know, is it like for like? Is there a pool that you can't explain, that type of thing? That's what I'm interested in. And,
0: yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, me, me and my girlfriend, we talk about this all the time, that the real currency is energy. And yes! You know, is,
0: oh, I need to be in a room with you too, Honestly, <laughs> has to, it has to happen. Wow, that is so true. Mm. That is the true currency. It really is, because if you think about all these different situations that we go through, like mm-hmm. let's say you're working at a menial job that take, that is not going anywhere towards what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And it's not like driving the soul or in any way, the mm-hmm. energy you're exchanging isn't good energy. It's negative energy constantly coming into you, you know, exactly. regardless of if you're having a paycheck or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so if you're doing what you want to do and you have no, and you're getting no money from it, you're constantly pulling in this good energy like all the time all over like over and over and over and over and it's just like mm-hmm. this beautiful thing that you're creating and you just mm-hmm. manifest more of that towards you mm-hmm. and i think i think that is so true nikola tesla said that as well and i i so, yeah. love him. i i love nikola tesla i've all i always have this conversation with my friends because he was he wanted to give electricity for free oh,
1: free yeah yeah
0: and yeah, they yeah. they didn't they man that story always that's gets when, so that's when Edison like, and
1: capitalism hey.
0: said no <laughs> Literally. Yes. and the people who don't even have electricity now all because people were so selfish then
1: exactly. you know what I mean it's just, Exactly. yeah definitely how because you know when I do my podcast I kind of like to give value to the listener And so from your experience, how would you balance, like you said, the good and the bad, the fact that even as a spiritual being, you have to go out into the world, make a living and stuff like that. How do you balance that?
0: Well, I actually had this conversation recently um, with the guy I'm dating, might as well call my partner. So um, (laughs) he basically was talking to me about how it's been hard for him to Go into like the world in the way he wants. He'll mm. basically be supporting someone else's dream, and then coming home, and then he's just tired. Mm. And what I what I stress to people is that wake up earlier. That's my suggestion to everyone. If you wake up at five thirty or 6 30 whichever one works best for you, maybe start with seven thirty, gradually bring it up, yep. um, and then do whatever drives your soul. You know, once you wake up. So I feel like once you wake up, you should say, like, I love you. Um, I am light. I am love. You know, I will change the world. I will make it different. Do some yoga. Like, for me, I do some yoga. Maybe I'll do some painting, uh, make some jewelry. What drives me? What makes me, you know, tick? What makes this being that I'm in happy and flow? That's what I would do before I would go and help someone else have their uh, dream you get know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah, I'm yeah. So I would support my dream mm-hmm. while then going and helping them. And then even when I come home, I still like to do stuff for myself as well. Yeah. So I think it's really important to just don't put everything into somebody else. That's that's my difficult love and affection to your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that's one thing that we've kind of lost a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like People are telling people that you should just you know focus on number one and all these things. And you do need to focus on yourself. But I, I th- I believe that you can actually reach enlightenment with
1: love. That's what I believe. A hundred percent. I think that you're a lesson to every person you encounter in this life, and depending on where you are, you are able to give a lesson that you yourself can take away from it. Like mm, I always yeah. say, if I walk out the door and I see someone that's pissed off, and then they take it out on me, like of course I'm human, I'm gonna have that reaction. But at the same time, because I meditate, I'm able to like slow things down. I understand that that person may not be like that all the time and they might be going through some stuff that they can't handle at the moment. So I give them that bail and then, you know, I just remove myself from the situation. So I think if I was to give any of your listeners any advice, it would be like try as hard as possible to separate yourself from a situation where you would transmute that energy and make it worse and escalate it. Because escalation can be so radical and it can happen so quickly, you know and then you just both end up pissed off with your days, you
0: know? Yeah, definitely. It's really, really important to learn to protect your energy, mm. um, and no matter where you are, you know, you can beam at this frequency, you know what I mean? But it's also really important, like what you were saying, to remove what you, what doesn't serve, like, who you're trying to be. Mm. Or, you know, because everyone, like even me, I'm not, completely where I want to be yet I'm still for myself we all are and I feel like you know a lot of the time people think it's like an overnight kind of thing or it's like mm-hmm. a, a change but one of the most beautiful things about um facing yourself and like finally reaching that point within yourself is that you don't lose every part of you mm-hmm. you accept every part of you mm-hmm. you don't just like transform into this completely different person mm-hmm. you're still yourself Mm. You know, I feel like a lot of people are, like, don't know that. So, like, when they're on their journey towards enlightenment or on their journey towards awakening or, you know, they're like, why am I still the same? Why do I still have these thoughts? Why am I still still insecure? And it's like, we all are. We all have these things that we wish were easier in our lives, Mm. you know, definitely. So what would you say about, like, being, like, obviously you're different than the community that you were raised in. So where I grew up, most um, of the Latin community was actually Catholic. But that's similar to Christianity, isn't
1: it? I think it's in the same vein. I think
0: it's. Yeah, yeah. So your whole family is Christian as well.
1: Okay, so this is where the origin story happens. So my mom, she made a point of never raising us with a belief that she believed in. She always said that there's many truths, but no one holds the one truth so she was like in your experience as a human being i don't want to put something on you just because i believe it because you will go through life and see things from a different lens that i could never and therefore i don't want to distort your view so she was quite bohemian lucid dreaming astral projection you know crystals dream catchers all that stuff was in my household amazing me i grew up you know being like oh that's just mum you know that's just like crazy mum like you know we'd we'd laugh about it we'd joke about it but I never really took it serious and then uh once I discovered lucid dreaming I was like what I can fly in my dreams and it's free like what (laughs) sign me up type thing and then you know I looked into meditation and that's how I got into the spiritual realm through my mother 100% that's
0: amazing that's so beautiful i love hearing that because that's actually how i want to raise my children so mm. hearing it from a child who was raised that way yeah and the way that you took it i'm like oh it's gonna work <laughs> so yeah. definitely yeah. the, a, a confirmation it's, for
1: sure um, the thing is like tradition and closed-mindedness kind of go hand in hand unfortunately yeah. so yeah. especially when you're so stuck in that tradition and i understand because it can be like a a beam of guidance for a lot of people. Tradition, but yeah. you know, I'll use an example of like this. Going to be like a silly example, but think of something like Uber, right? Mm-hmm. The tradition was never getting to a car with a stranger ever, like that's no no. But yeah. now you know you want to go home. Let me just <laughs> let me just call it yeah. Uber. You know, so it's just like that way of thinking has changed so drastically, and mm-hmm. it's for the better. Sometimes you know, if you do it safely, you get home.
0: That's if lame. you're drunk
1: or whatnot. So it's like, you need to, I understand if you want to stick to your traditions, but just have a moment where you allow yourself to be open-minded, because they say the mind is like a parachute, it only works when it's open, you know, Mm -hmm. so you have to, you have to take that leap of faith.
0: That's so true. When I, actually during um, lockdown, it was so weird, I just randomly wrote down a list of things that I wanted to let go of, Mm. and one of them was to, like, to be open to criticism, and then like to be open to anything, any opinion, any way of life, any belief, you know? Because I don't, I don't know everything, you know. And like the one thing I have realized through this, like being more open about things, is a lot of the time we have we have so much like knowledge and information inside of us. Like I like to say that it's like embedded in us, like coding. Mm-hmm. That's I mm-hmm. it because it makes the most sense to me in my mind to say it that way, but it's like little things like kindness, you know, to be nice to people. These things just come. We just know about them.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's like the more and more you open up and open up, you realize you're just like you're just a ri- like you're just what's the word? You're just um, returning back to your original state of consciousness before the world was like do this, be that, da, 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 you know, and that's one thing I've noticed, like, we become more and more like the child, because mm-hmm. the, the child doesn't, you know, they just look at you, they forgive you, they love you, they're mm-hmm. kind and open and honest, and it's the most beautiful, like, energy, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I, I love that, like, it's one of my favorite things to talk about with people, because, you know, like, understanding that the inner child is where most of our power lies.
1: Mm, it's like I like that.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> it's it's all a circle. Like just about understanding everything. You know, for a long time I was trying to figure out my sexuality and I mm. just still don't understand it. I'm not gonna lie, I don't. There's no label <laughs> for what I am. Mm. And like, bruh, oh well <laughs> you know? It is what it is.
1: Did you find that as you became more spiritually inclined and you're thinking more along those lines that there was a great resistance in you to how you were conditioned to how you were like walking down this road because in one hand like you said you've gone through an experience that's very traumatic but on the the other hand you're deciding to just see it in a way that you don't fall victim to it you say this has allowed me to go through this experience and you know um talk with other people that have gone through the experience and help them, and, you know, it's, there's something positive out of a situation that's so inhumane, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You.
0: I, I really do feel that way for sure. I There's a lot of things I've experienced and things that my friends have experienced, family, you know, and, like, every time I say the same thing to them because, you know, like, okay, so my biggest thing and the thing that led me to Buddhism and this whole different world that i'm now living in it's the same world but it's different but it's, in my mind
1: no, I understand, I understand. <laughs>
0: um i was in an abusive relationship for almost four years right. and i didn't leave when he broke my finger oh, so wow. yeah it was like when he broke my finger something changed in my mind like i'm not even joking when i say it was like a light switch like turned on or something mm. and then i was just like what's wrong with you? What have you been doing all this time? Do you not realize who you are? And da 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 you know? So mm. It's it's really interesting because I was trying to distract myself with mm. loads of things, like, in the world. Um, I do music, so I was, like, going to shows and things like that and not really focusing on what was going on with me. Mm. And then I went to a festival where I was performing at, and then I met this Buddhist woman who introduced me to Buddhism. Mm. And ever since then, I was able to look back on it and realize it was just a, uh, what they call it in Buddhism. It's like the the Dhammapada. So it's like mm. your journey to enlightenment. Mm. So I was looking at my life, and then I was realizing like it wasn't supposed to be a straight line for me to get where I was supposed to go because I can heal and help more people because of all the twists and turns that I've experienced.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So that's through that I actually realized that there's so much beauty in the pain. So then when I would speak to people about these things, this is how I would explain it to them. Every time from that perspective, I would like, you, you, you need to have a finger-breaking moment, but don't actually let your finger get broken. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's it's so transcending, your mm. thoughts, and like how much everything changes, but also how simple things become.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's so simple. It's, it sounds like, because I read this in a book called The Power of Now, um,
0: hey,
1: I love that! Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he said that only through great suffering. For some people, that's when like there's a light bulb moment, and then they switch to think like what is actually happening, and you know they rearrange a lot of priorities. For me personally, I had that moment um this year when you know I'm a very big advocate for family. Like my brother, he is a big part of my life. Or was a big part of my life. And then, you know, there was a moment, like a finger-breaking moment, where I just realized he was just taking advantage. And then, you know, I cut those ties. And through that, it, I felt like I was mourning. Like, I literally felt like I was mourning him. Because I, I, to this day, I don't know where he is. I don't know who he's with. I don't know if he's eating lunch, you know. And for someone that's that close to me and to go through that, it was a lot of suffering. And then, you know, it, it became a broken point to where I was spiraling in negativity. And I was having, like, a lot of dark thoughts and dark you know just moments and then there was this one moment when I thought like if negativity is going to follow everywhere I go then what's the point type thing like why continue and Mm. it took for me to like be through that peak to really decide okay if you're gonna stay on this earth you need something to hold you down and anchor you and it needs to be like a purpose that's not superficial or anything like that and for me it was my grandma like my grandma always said never give up like as long as you have air in your in your lungs you just keep going you keep going forward yeah and since that point literally in my life i've felt it having an upturn like i hit rock bottom and now i'm slowly having the climb you know and understanding that there's certain things so certain self-destructive behaviors that i myself was like nah, no more like i can't i can't (laughs) do this anymore so